All right. Let's, let's get, get into, into it. it. I don't know what day it is. Yep. But uh, welcome to another edition of the Warfighter Tobacco Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, all the days turned into a blur after these past couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple back to back Vegas trips, uh, trade show thrown in there. Can't remember when this airs. So, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, welcome back, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning in again. Um, uh, today, we're going to go over a little recap of, uh, of the trade show we were just at, a TPE, Total Product Expo. Um, that was out in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Um, last week, I don't even remember the dates. I think it was like the 29th to the 2nd or yeah, something, like, something that. like that. January 29th, January yeah. 30th to the yeah. 2nd. One of those dates. Um, I know it was one and a half days too long, probably. In Vegas or the show? Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> this show was a little weird. It was. It was a little slow. Uh, um, Normally, we have a trade show in January, which is TP. Yeah. And then we have another trade show in July, which is PCA, Premium yeah. Cigar Association. And that's the big one. Yep. yep. Uh, and the PCA is cigars only, or cigars and, and cigar accessories and pipes and that kind of stuff. But it's mainly just, you know, the cigar side of, of that. And TPE is... Uh, they do cigars, vape, CBD, Delta eight, Delta seven, Delta, all the deltas. Um, and like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and accessories for all of that. Yeah. And then there was also simultaneous glass show, which is all the crack pipes and bongs that you can possibly think of. Yeah. The fancy crack pipes, (laughs) not the Hunter Biden ones. Right. Right. The artistic kind. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I guess, so but then our normal PCA show moved from June or July, July. to, uh, where it's going to be now, uh, in March, March. And then I guess also the, all of the other part of TP, all the other products, they have another show like this week, this week called, called champs. Yeah. So, so they were like, the show's got double booked and, uh, so every everything it was weird it was weird yeah the vibe was just weird for the whole show yeah and it wasn't just the cigar side of things like we walked around and i mean the cigar or the show was pretty big this year they had two floors two floors which was normally it's just one floor the cigar section didn't get any bigger no i think it actually got a little smaller i think so yeah normally they separate the different uh sections of the show by the carpet color so like the cigar side the cigar section has a red carpet right uh, throughout all the aisles, you know, between all the booths and stuff like that. And, uh, so for us, it kind of lets us know, like if we wander off the red carpet, then we're in, we're in the wrong section, yeah. you know, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're in Neverland. Uh, but this year it, there were other, um, industries on that red carpet besides just cigars. Like there was CBD stuff and yeah. there was other random companies that were on it. And I think they, uh, I think they were anticipating more of the cigar industry to show up. Right. And, uh, and then just fill booth space with whoever else was there. Um, there were a couple cigar companies that got must have been real late to the game. They got they put were, away. Yeah, they were in the wrong spots yeah. to be found at that show. So, um, but it was cool. Like, I mean, all the trade shows are fun just because they're you, you get to see some new stuff that's out there, new products, yeah. um, whether it's directly related to our industry or not. Right. Um, and then they always have some. Some companies will bring in celebrities, whether they're involved in the company or they're just there as a, right. a, a repre- you know, representative of whatever br- uh, brand they have. 
Um, and so this year, uh, we got to see Mike Tyson, which was pretty cool. Eric got to meet Mike Tyson. Yeah. And to see his childlike enthusiasm. Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> He's like, this made my whole year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was really cool. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, it, it, I feel like it had to be awkward for him just because of the sheer amount of people that wanted to go shake his hand and take yeah. a picture. And yeah. he, I think he was just kind of over it by the yeah. time we walked by. Yeah. I mean, the line was long. It was, I don't know. There's probably a couple hundred people in line yeah. when we got there. We weren't even early. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I kind of would have liked to wait in line just so I could have talked a little bit of shit to him just to see you. <laughs> you can have all that. I think it would be, I mean that, I don't think. I think if I would have waited in line to say, to meet him, I think what I would have said is, Hey, I really enjoyed your interview with on Joe Rogan. Yeah. That's what I would have said. Right. Nothing about his fighting or any of that. Yeah, yeah. Cause his interview on Joe Rogan was really good. He was, I mean, way smarter than I would have imagined. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Like you want to go smoke stuff and be on a podcast. <laughs> right. You can punch one of our hosts yeah. on our other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um fuck, I can't remember the dude's name from ZZ Top was there. Yeah. Um started a cigar or something. He did. And it was weird because his his cigar booth was on the company wrong booth. Floor. Wasn't even on the same floor the cigars were on. Yeah. And he launched a new cigar. And everyone's like, What? Yeah. He did what? <laughs> That was pretty funny. Um, other than that, I mean, the trade shows are awesome. It's a chance for us to get out there and network with the entire industry or everyone that yeah. shows up that's there. And then we get to, we get to see in our friends, right, from yeah. across the industry, uh, customers. Uh, it's a lot of fun. When you, say, when you say customers, you mean our retail partners. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not open to the public. Right, right. It's not like Big Smoke where you can just go hang out and smoke cigars. Yeah. This is like a... It's like shot show. Yeah, yeah, it's like shot show, but yeah. for the cigar industry. Yeah. You have to be in the industry somehow to get in. Right. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean it was it was a lot slower than normal. Um, and at first I thought it was us. And I'm like, after like the first yeah. day, I'm like, oh man. Yeah. Like what happened? <laughs> and then we started talking to everybody at the after party and like was, great big companies. And it was slow kind of across the board. Yeah. So and they're like, yeah, we, we're doing like a third of what we normally do at these shows. I'm like, whoo, same with us. So we're good. <laughs> that, that, that number tracks. So. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but I mean, across the board, we would talk to other, you know, brokers and other reps and brand owners. Yeah. Even when we talked to this, the, the retail partners, the shops that were there, even they were like, yeah, this fuck place is dead. Yeah. <laughs> we usually go hang out at a couple of the, the bars and the casinos after and everybody's hanging out there. Well, we got there the first night or the night before. Right. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, because this year we got a kiosk. So there was no like booth set up for us. It we was just, so nice. We showed up with a suitcase full of cigar samples and information and stuff and we were done but we showed up the night before um thinking that there would be people out and about that we could find and meet and see and right we found nobody no the bar that normally has like hundreds like 250 people minimum there they might have had 30 yeah and they were all from another trade show yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then um I mean, we are, we'll, we'll find people. Yeah. And we eventually did. We hung out with the guys from Bovida for a while. Yeah. Uh, they make the humidification packs that we use in all of our uh, humidors and, and things like that. Um, and our opinion is the number one humidification system on the market. Yeah. And uh, 
there's actually science that proves that. <laughs> it's not just uh, us in our, our opinions. Um, but so we got to hang out with those guys for a while, which is really nice. Um, you know, we've been in, we have had an account with them for eight years and um, they've always treated us well. Good, and good people. Now we got to hang out and, and you know, continue building that relationship. Um, we've been on their podcast before, um, with the Bova to Box Press. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah, it was. It was during the trade show. Yeah. So, yep. uh, yeah, it was a good one. Uh, um, yeah, and then the, the next night was the industry party. And so the industry party was not sponsored by a cigar. Usually Drew Estate. I thought it was. No. Really? No cigar sponsorship on this I thought Because I thought Drew Estates was like, yeah, we're done with this now. No, no. They were oh, done. really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so usually, like, last couple of years, we've gotten a really good meal. Uh, they're walking around with hors d'oeuvres, had a really kick-ass band. There's cigars everywhere. There's cigars for everywhere for smoke. This year, there was none of that. It was at a nightclub in Caesars. Yeah. Omnia, I think it was Omnia. what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was weird because when they let us in, they pretty much like corralled everybody to go upstairs onto the, the outside patio on yeah. the roof. And, uh, and I was like, well, shit, we, there's a bar here and we can smoke. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm okay with this. And, uh, cause they were saying that we couldn't smoke inside. Yeah. And, uh, then, so we just hung out on the, on the patio the whole night, the whole night and yeah. talking to people and we had a great yeah. time the next day talking to people. I realized that the inside was completely full also. The only food that they have that they had for anybody was uh, craft popcorn. Yeah, and uh, and it was so loud and so hot inside that you couldn't even have a conversation. I guess there was a cool show though, which somebody said, but I I didn't even hear that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess there was something going on. And it yeah. was it was like a some kind of show or something. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I heard it was hot and it was loud as shit. Yeah, couldn't even have a. Conversation. Well, it was loud as shit outside too because they had all the subwoofers and all that shit. Uh, yeah, we could barely we could barely hear outside. Yeah, um, and uh, but I mean it was still fun. It was an open bar. It was an open bar, and uh, we probably we put some work in. We put some work in. Yeah, we definitely put some work in. So it, I, it was we had a miscommunication. Usually we're on the same page about a lot of things. Uh, absolutely right. So and I was on the same page with you. I didn't know that. Well, so, so, <laughs> so like, I don't know, this is probably nine o'clock, right? Yeah. So the, the party started at nine. Yeah. Yep. And we hadn't drank anything at all yet. Yeah. We went and got dinner. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then that was it. And yeah. Like a kill. And so it. open bar, they wouldn't pour doubles, which whatever. But, um, so I'm like, well, I'm going to get a quick buzz and then kind of chill out and but you didn't say it. I didn't say it. <laughs> I just went and got three drinks really quick and handed John the three. Yeah. So and so I thought that was the pace of the evening. Yes. And <laughs> I was just trying to get there and then I was going to mellow out. And then once I quit going to the bar, John started going to the bar. He's just like, "Oh, it must be my turn." <laughs> oh man, let's go. And then all of a sudden, some one of the guys we were hanging out with like tipped the waitress a hundred dollars or something. And then it was just a revolving. And she was bringing drinks faster than we were drinking them. And good for her. That's hard to do. That is. It hard really to, is. That's I'm hard. Impressed. If I have drinks, she probably stacked. collectively through that entire group. We probably had ten people in that group. Yeah, she probably made a thousand dollars that night off of that group. Probably just on tips. Yeah. Because I know Bob was just throwing her hundred every time he, she came by. One of the I think uh, retail it went, I think it went from a twenty to a fifty to a hundred. Yeah, yeah, yep. 
And I know her, his son tipped her a hundred. <laughs> I tipped her. I don't know how many times I I tipped her. So you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, she showed up with drinks and whoever was closest just gave her money. Yeah. And then <laughs> just a tray full of tequila and Jameson. It was oh. awesome. So, yeah. So, so then after that, we went back to the hotel, thought we'd run into people, did not really. Oh, it was a little busier that night. But yeah, the, not much busier, but yeah. a little bit. But then, so we did our normal corporation thing where we each pitch in 20 bucks and hit a slot machine. Yep. And we actually did pretty well. We didn't lose. We, yeah, we walked away with, I think, an extra $10 or something, but it's better than losing. I think when we cashed out, we were up 50 apiece. Oh, really? Uh, and then we reinvested into an, a new corporation, a new slot machine. I don't count until the end of all of that. So, um, But we broke even on that one. Yeah. Um, no, I think we were I think we were all up 10 bucks by the end of the night. Yeah, yeah. At the end yeah, of the yeah. night, I had $10 more than I started. Yep. And, uh, but we drank. And I was down seventy dollars for tipping the waitress. Yeah, <laughs> we we drank and played for probably f- well till three thirty a.m. So the the, so. the the industry party ended at midnight. Yeah, and so let's give it a thirty minute buffer for us to get back to the hotel, and then we drank till four four thirty in the morning. Yeah, so another four hours, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of a blur at the end of the night. Oh, definitely. I know when I woke up the next morning, I had a full Jameson sitting on my nightstand that's not you that's not me but i <laughs> i reached my limit i we i had to have i mean we drank a lot that night yeah it probably it was probably a bottle and a quarter piece. yeah it was it was a lot yeah um and then the next morning we had to be at the show uh luckily the shows for the cigar trade shows they started around 10 so that's nice the first day started at noon yeah <laughs> like what do we do yeah <laughs> you know shot show starts at like Eight, seven, eight. It's something stupid. I think it's eight thirty. Yeah. The doors open. And uh, you know, so so this one's a little bit easier on your on your sleep schedule. But uh we had to work it. So yeah. we show up and um uh, I, I was hung over as shit. Yeah, and then about the time you got hung unhung over, I I was drunk when we initially woke up. Yeah. Here. Like and then I, I woke I woke up that morning, my alarm went off that morning, and like I sat up and I was like, Oh no. I'm like, oh no! I'm like, this is so bad. And I'm like, I think the only thing that's going to help me right now is if I slam this bottle of water, pop 1,200 milligrams ibuprofen, and I need to go lay down in the shower. And then I remembered, I'm like, I'm in Vegas. I don't want to lay in the shower. So there's a bottle of hand sanitizer in the room, and I just covered the whole floor with it, <laughs> and then get the shower. Oh, that is not pleasant. No, but no. It, it it helped. Yeah, it helped. <laughs> I I was still drunk till about. 11 yeah yeah and then my hangover set in a little bit so yeah by the time your hangover kicked in i was yeah i was feeling good yeah i was like okay i'm I'm, i made it through (laughs) but uh and then that last night there was hardly anything and we were in bed by early i had one drink yeah and that was just like that was see if i could do it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah i think the last night i was in bed by midnight that's nice. Yeah. But it was it was a fun show, like usual, but slow. Yeah. Uh, so now we got one in. We still picked up, a, you know, probably five or six new accounts. We did. We did. Uh, we met some good people, too. Yep. Uh, met a couple from here in Texas. They own a couple liquor stores, and uh, they were real cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were up by Abilene. Yeah. And it was funny because we met them at the party, and uh, 
you know, like we've talked about not so much on this podcast and on our other podcasts, we talk a lot. And a lot of our social media posts, you'll see, we do a lot of stuff, a lot of outdoor stuff, a lot of hunting, fishing, um, you know, things like that. And we're always smoking cigars when we do it. And so we're talking to this couple from, uh, Abilene and, uh, and so I think Scott asked the question. So, so what do you like to do for fun? And the guy's like, oh, I like to hunt with thermals and shoot predators. And we're like, we're best friends now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was fun. Um, yeah, he was bobcat hunting. Yeah. Like in tournaments and shit. And they got some crazy cash prizes for that, yeah. too. I think he was saying that one was like 30 grand for the biggest cat. Yeah. Mason, if you're listening, we need to recalibrate your dogs for a weekend. recalibrate (laughs) um but uh yeah so we got back from got back from the show last friday um did a little recovery oh yeah weekend literally the weekend was all recovery it was nice uh and then uh first thing monday morning fulfilled all the orders got everything out um and then uh yeah, we got uh, the only thing that we're out of stock on right now on the website is 50 Cal Garrison Escuro Maduro. And they are in route. They are. Yeah, they uh, are on I-10 right now. Yeah. <laughs> so those should be back in stock probably by the time this goes out, maybe. Um, if not, or shortly more, after. Yeah. yeah. But uh, And that, that'll put our sampler, Toro samplers, our 10-pack yeah, samplers. It'll put everything back in stock finally. So right. that'll be good. So speaking of trade shows, what is the best trade show you've ever been to? And we'll do two two questions. One, best trade show you've been to cigar related. And then two, best trade show you've just been to in general. So I think, well, I'm jaded now, right? So I think I'm going to go back to... So the best cigar related trade show that we did that I went to was the very first IPCPR. Yeah. Uh, and it was before we even owned a cigar brand before we sold cigars. Literally we had our tobacco license and I'm like, I'm going to this cause I wanted to check out the industry. Yeah. And uh, it was really cool because one, it was a new industry to me. I was in right. the gun industry and uh, the kid in the candy store. Right. And, and back when I went, there was a ton of booze that had booze in their, you know, like there was a couple brands that also had a rum brand. Right. There's a couple brands that had a vodka brand. Those brands, I don't see them anymore. Yeah. You know, um, they're gone. Uh, but, uh, uh, but I'd go to the show and as a retailer at that point, right. I was getting samples mm-hmm. and I got a lot of samples. Mm-hmm. It was crazy amount. Um, and uh, this was 2015. No, right? this was 2014, probably. No, I think it was 15. Because 16 was our first trade show as Warfighter. And, and it was a year prior. Maybe. Yeah. 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 But uh, it was fun. It was, it, I got to meet some people. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, I was ignorant. And, uh, yeah. You know, and it was fun. I think I think the same thing is the the first shot show I went to. Yeah. Except then I actually owned a shop. Well, I I sold guns out of my house essentially yeah. when I was you know out in the country. But uh, 
but that was fun too. Opened my eyes to the industry a little bit. And um, yeah, those are probably my favorite two that I've been to. Yeah. But I haven't been to any other trade shows. Like uh, I, I have yet to go to SEMA. I really want to. Right. And there's a couple other industry shows. We went, to, we went to that one in Chicago that one time. Oh, that was a machining. Yeah. Yeah, machine. That was trade that show. was cool because of the sheer size. Scale of it, yeah. Of the equipment. Yeah, like yeah. one booth was well, uh, massive because they had four pieces of equipment. These pieces of equipment were 30 feet by 30 feet wide. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like there was, I remember going to that show looking at one mill that you literally needed like a telehandler to load something on this mill. Yeah. Like it was huge. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, the, and the cost to set that up. Oh my God. I can't imagine a show like that. But then again, you're selling a, I mean, that piece of equipment is probably a $5 million piece okay, of equipment. At least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's a little different than selling a $10 cigar. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, that show was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple other shows I'd like to go to. Yeah. So I think SEMA would be really fun. I want to go to SEMA. I really do. I um, think it'd be chaotic. But I would like to yeah. go. I'm sure there's a trade show with like four wheelers and side by sides and stuff. Oh, there has to be. There's a I, trade show for everything. I know. I would like to find that show and yeah. go to that show. I used to go to the, we called it the bar show. Oh, uh, yeah. And it was bar, restaurant, trade show. Uh, it was in Vegas. And when I was living in Arizona, I used to go to that um, just because it was, you'd always learn cool stuff. It was, the industry was just starting to kind of transition to what it is now. Right. Where it's, you know, now if you go to a bar and they don't serve craft cocktails, you know what I mean? Like you're at a beer and wine bar, essentially. (laughs) It's, it's interesting how, how the industry has changed into, into, you know, what their recipes, what their drinks and drink lists are now. Um, but back then, like, I remember we walked by a booth and they were selling purees and people were like, the fuck are you going to use that for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then like that next year we started using purees in a bar that I worked on some of the drinks and I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're, the trade shows, you usually get to see like new stuff before it actually happens. Yeah. Um, but it, like, unless you're in that industry, like I'll probably never be able to go to SEMA. Unless I know somebody. Right. I'll probably never be able to go to this ATV show, whatever they call it. I don't even know if there's one. Yeah. But uh, because the problem with somebody like me going to a show like that is then I learn I learn retailer pricing on everything. Exactly. It's part of the show. That's why they don't let people go to it. It's, yeah. It's in, there's industry secrets there. There's how business is done, you know. But uh, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't like to go. No, so, exactly. Yeah. Um. You know, and then I know people are going to be like, well, you know, they got to have a way to do this, but for the consumer. And there is. Yeah, there there are, but they're not, it's not like they do one big show a year. Well, like for the cigar industry, it's probably like big smoke. But they have, there's, you know, probably 50 of them throughout the year all across the United States. And for SHOT Show, it's the NRA show. Yeah. Right. And it's the same thing though, but they do the NRA show in multiple locations throughout the year. No, they do it once a year, but it's in a different location each year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's the big, it looks just like SHOT Show, except you're not talking. You're not buying. Nobody's buying anything. You're just seeing the new stuff. So it's probably, it's just expensive for no reason. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think my favorite cigar show that I went to was the first show that we did as warfighter 
Mm. Um, that one was fun. We won best in show for new exhibitor. Yeah. Um, they had the 38 special concert that we had VIP table at. Yeah. Um, we had our own private party, which um, we, we unofficially won best after party. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, we kind of went hard in the paint that first year. We did. Uh, just because we didn't know any better. Yeah. We didn't understand the industry. So we just did it in like, you know, based on what we know and everything else, like this, if I was a retailer, this would be yeah. really fun. And it was. It was really fun. Um, it was not profitable at all. No, not at all. <laughs> we, all we did was take a little bit of capital that we may have had to like get the real company really going and, and ordered it. pizzas <laughs> and, and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it was copies. Yeah. <laughs> so it was not a profitable so show, but we, it was fun. We learned a lot. We learned a lot. We learned yeah. what to do and what not to do. Um, yeah. Trade shows are fucking expensive. Yeah, they can be. And they can get away from you, especially if you don't know any better. Mm -hmm. Right. Like our first couple of years, one, I had a shitty business partner at the time that owned a trade show booth company. Right. Yeah. So he talked us into this really elaborate booth that was really expensive. Then we had to store it for a year. And then it was really expensive to take down, right. really expensive to set up. Yeah. Like, and then we got to figure out like, none of this is necessary. Like it, it looked really good. It was good. Yeah, it was great. But we, we literally put in, what was the what, ROI on it? We put in, after we, we switched away from that booth, we now use a booth that cost one tenth the price and it doesn't, there's not much of a difference i mean like the overall like visual yeah. to it yeah it, but nobody's not, walked up to us and been like oh, oh you guys going out of business because <laughs> booth got smaller it's, it's like, like no. no we got tired of wasting money <laughs> yeah you know what happens now is uh, my sales are way better and my cost is way down and i can walk away from the show and not have lost money yeah okay so i feel good about it yeah even if it is slow yeah like ppe <laughs> yeah you know, like it was slow i still feel good about the show you know what? You know, like TPE, we, it was probably the cheapest show we've ever done. Yeah. Because of the, the kiosk that was already set up for us and everything, yep. right? If we had spent what we spent on our trade show the first year. Oh, God. We would have lost our ass. Oh, yeah. yeah. Horribly. Horribly. Just like we did the first year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so we're learning. Yeah. Um, but uh, and and we're trying to you know we we try to help other brands if they ask these questions you know yes and, but it's ultimately it's their decision to do what and however they want to do it uh you know so it is yeah. what it is but yeah it's um it's one of those necessary evils uh yeah you can't not be there i mean you could you could but it's it's that one chance a year to get that many people from your industry in one place to be able to network and talk with them. Um, I think that holds more weight than whatever orders that are being taken at well, the yeah, show. Well, yeah, like the cost to go visit everybody that you see at a show would be more expensive oh, yeah. than setting up the but, show. And you know, this industry, it's relationship-based. Um, yeah, almost like across the board, whether it's in our supply chain with you know, our factory and, and, and shipping and everything that goes into all that. Yeah. Um, all the vendors that we use for all the, you know, bands and boxes, blah, blah, blah. Um, all the way down to the relationship that we have with our retail partners and our, I mean, our customers, but that really doesn't, the trade show doesn't really affect that. Yeah. Um, you know, but we've had accounts that, uh, you know, started off small 
and they were, you know, just kind of doing their thing. And then based off of the relationships we built at these shows, yeah, you know, all of a sudden these accounts start kicking out good numbers. And it's just like, okay, it's like they, they actually they believe in the brand now. Now right. they know some history. They have a, a personal relationship, you know, with Warfighter. Um, and that allows them to, to be able to stand behind the product better. So, you know, thinking about this show, right? Like you said, you know, the show like this has nothing to really do with our relationship to our, our ultimate customer, right? Yeah. Which it doesn't. Right. So we have we have a relationship with our customers. I think it's a fairly good one. Right. If people follow mm-hmm. us on social media, they know who we are. I think we we reach them pretty well. We have a separate and different kind of relationship with our retail partners. Yeah. How do we build the relationship between our consumers and our retail partners? Because that's oh, to link them together. Yes, that's the gap. Right. That, that's the magic. Right. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out how. To have our retail partner have yeah. a good relationship with our customer. Yep. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to challenge the, our customers on this one, right? Yeah. Like, yes, you can order off our website, right? But if you have a local shop that carries our cigars, go support them. Yeah. If absolutely. you have a local shop that doesn't carry our, our cigars, go ask them to carry our cigars. And then if they do, support them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that is yeah. our ultimate goal is to try to establish the relationships between our retail partners and our, and our customers. And that's something that a trade show can't give us. Right. You know, it's something it's, that's the hardest puzzle piece yeah. in this industry. Right. Like you have a couple cost, like you have a couple brands that do a great job of it. Right. Uh, you know, like look at like Drew Estates, right. You go to an event, they give you a free car. If you buy yeah. two, two and a half cigars, they give you a free car. Yep. It's kind of awesome. Yep. That's an easy way to build, <laughs> you know, to build a, a, a consumer retailer relationship is when the brand comes in, has an event, and you give them all of this free stuff. Yeah. We can't afford to do that. No. And it doesn't make much sense to me, right? Like you either like our cigars, you know, you know, like I, I wish I could give everybody a really cool backpack and uh, a toaster yeah. and, 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 you know, <laughs> some tires all that I stuff just, costs money though. it does you i know? you know i so i i unfortunately we can't do that but uh um we're working on some stuff but yeah you know we got to keep it realistic uh we're a cigar brand um and that's what we got to focus on so yeah but you know t- to try to build that relationship that's that's the you know that's the ultimate goal yeah that's the the that's puzzle it. piece that we we have to kind of find yeah it's long. i mean we try by you know doing events yeah. And that gets us as that the liaison between the consumers and the retail partners. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's there's roughly about forty five hundred cigar shops across the United yeah. States. It's really hard to hit every single one. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. You know? So um yeah. So yeah. Bear with us. We'll try to figure it out. Help us, you know. Yeah, if you got ideas, we're open to them. Yeah. But um, ask for our cigars. That's the biggest Biggest thing, that's the hardest puzzle piece, right? I can sell them to you directly on our website. Yeah. But that's not where our growth is. You know, you got to, we need our customers to tell our friends, their friends about it. We need right. our customers to ask the local shop to carry it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's how it has to be done, I think. Yeah. So, yep. My best trade show outside of the cigar industry is a, it's a toss up. And it's a toss-up, I think, between the first SHOT Show I went to and the third one, right? The first one is because 
I got thrown to the wolves. I didn't know what I was walking into. Your first shot show was your first day in the firearms industry. It was. I, I didn't. I, the only thing I knew prior to that, and actually, I'll, I'll caveat that with the only thing I knew after that trade show also is still what, what I was taught in the military about firearms, which was jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't teach me anything. Yeah. You, you pull this little switch and a shiny thing goes downrange really fast. That's about all they taught me. Um, so going to seeing that industry and not knowing anything about it, it was, it was just overwhelming. Um, and meeting the people that, you know, I, I saw on social media, um, yeah. and then seeing them in person and being like, Oh wow. Okay. Um, so it was very eye opening for me, but then the, the most fun one that we went to was probably, I think the third year we went to the cry precision party. Um, our buddy Carter was yeah. with us. Uh, we stopped at the Hoover dam. Like it was, it was right after we did the, the video with black rifle yep. that, that they can no longer share because it was that good of a video. Yeah, we did. We did a joint venture with them, a bag of coffee. It was called fuck hipster coffee. Yeah. <laughs> that was my old gun store that did that. Not yep. tobacco. No. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was. And so one of our buddies, Carter was, had a, a role in this uh, little, little video. He was and, the uh, cannon guy. So he was kind of, everybody recognized him and it was kind of, it was really fun. Yep. So. And that was also the trailer release party for range. 15. Oh yeah. That was a fun like, one. that was, we had a great time that show. Yeah. Um, I don't really remember much of the actual on the show floor show. I was working at that. Cause that I year. was very hungover and I was doing all the buying for the gun store at the time. You were working a booth at, at that time. It was, that was rough. <laughs> But the extracurricular activities are really fun. Yeah. So I think that those uh, my toss up for outside the cigar industry are those two. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Shout out to fun. Yeah. Um, that one was great. So go, uh, a little bit more, I don't know, cigar related stuff right now. We had a, we had a question that came in and it was, um, should you burp or cycle air in your humidors? Like, in, I'm not talking about like a, a stand up, you know, I'm talking maybe one of the pelican rut cases or our 12 or 1300s i mean is it like um, a, a baby where you put it over your shoulder and yeah you pat, pat on the on back, back. <laughs> <laughs> see what happens uh, i think what he's asking is um you know if you have your humidor sealed for a while and the, and the air that's in there is just in there yeah do you want to trade that out or cycle that air in and out or or what um so what what do you think so i'm gonna i'm gonna throw so say you have all of the same kind of cigar in there, right? And then it absolutely doesn't matter. And what I mean by same kind, I mean, if you have traditional, not artificially flavored cigars right. in your humidor, there's no reason to open it up. Unless if you put like, um, say you throw an acid in there with all your other cigars. Yeah. Eventually all your other cigars are going to have a hint of that flavor. Right. You know, so you, I always want to keep those separate. Um, another way or reason that you might want to do it is if you get some cigars that are really young and you can, uh, you get that ammonia smell, uh, then you want to cycle new air in, uh, outside of that though, if it's just a regular traditional cigar, um, th there should be no reason you have to burp your cigar or your humidor. Um, it should be just fine. As long as you keep the temperature correct and you keep the humidity correct, it should, they should be fine. Right. Um, so 
I have, uh, I don't know, it, it just makes sense in my head, but my, my thoughts on this, like logically. Um, I agree with the uh, traditional cigars versus infused or flavored cigars. You want to keep those separate just so they nothing. I mean, like on a little humidor, you can throw them in together for a day or, you know, for an evening. Yeah. That's not going to bother anything. Yeah, but for permanent store, semi-permanent, yeah. permanent storage solutions, uh, you kind of want to keep those separate. Um, but when it comes to like, you know, a sealed humidor, whether it's, a, you know, Tupperware, Tupperdoor, whatever yeah. you want to call that, um, you know, even if it's a desktop one that you don't open, you know, much. Um, my advice for that would be always use a hydrometer. Always use something that monitors your humidity levels um, because that kind of tells you what's going on inside that humidor without opening you yeah. know, and, and you can't really tell just by looking. Right. You know, um, so using a hydrometer will let you know if, if the humidity levels inside your humidor are in the right range um, where you want to stay. You yeah. know, higher than 70, personally, no lower than 60, um, and keep it in there. As long as it stays within those range, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, it's the same as like putting a cigar in a Ziploc bag with a Boba to pack. Right. You know, that it'll stay like Boba puts out a bag and it says, you put cigars in there, it stays fresh for a year. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and that's just probably until, you know, the Bovida pack runs out of humidification. Right. Which, if it's sealed, it shouldn't. Right. Because right. once it maintains yeah. that level. Yeah. Um, you know, but if you're opening and closing it or whatever, that, that so affects it. Did he did he ask, like, how long in between nope. th- this should be? No. Nope. Because, like, I would never, ever in my life ever have to burp my humidor because I open the son of a bitch. Daily. Five <laughs> times a day. Right? Right. Like. If anything, I'm doing it too much. They're, yeah, you know, so there's not enough humidity. Yeah, um, but no, I mean, I'd go back to just monitor with a hydrometer. Yeah. Monitor your levels. Make sure you're sitting where you need to be sit. And if you feel like you know, oh, I haven't opened this thing in six months, go open it. It's well, not going to hurt it for. And every time you open it, smoke a cigar. Yeah, like what? What the hell? Why? <laughs> why? Why do you have a humidor that you never open, or you're concerned about? Like, oh, I don't open this often. Anymore. Now I have a. You hum- know what? You don't open it often enough, but you don't need to just open it. Pull I, a cigar out of it. I have a humidor in my house that I, I might open maybe three or four times a year. Pull a cigar out of it, John. Every time I open it, I do. Yeah. But it's upstairs, <laughs> and I have to walk upstairs to get it. And I have a humidor right in my in my kitchen that I don't have to go upstairs to get to. <laughs> um, actually, the only time that I really go check that is when I have to add hu- uh, um, distilled water to my humidification yeah. system. And then while I'm doing that, I'm like, oh, I get some really good cigars. And I grab one <laughs> and go smoke it. <laughs> but I call it my aging humidor. Yeah. <laughs> my lazy humidor. Because I'm too fucking lazy to walk upstairs to get a cigar. Um, but yeah, I mean, you burp it if you want. Burp it if you don't. Yeah. I mean, it, as long as your humidity levels are good, you're good. You know, the I don't think the air is going to yeah, go stale or, yeah, I don't you think know, like got you there. Yeah. Um, Anything else we have? I got one more thing, but I'm just trying to think, like, I don't know if I've ever, maybe it's because I open my humidor so often that I've never really thought about that. Yeah. Like, I found some, like, rut cases that have, like, I used and tucked away and forgot and then like pulled it out and like oh and then i open it up and i'm like oh there's still cigars in it yeah like i have a science experiment going on in my backyard right now and then there's also usually a boda pack in it exactly so i have a science experiment going on in my backyard i have a tan r20 
with a Bovada pack and one cigar in it that's been sitting on my back patio on my table yeah. in my backyard for about two and a half years now. <laughs> Through all the weather, through the, <laughs> all the summer and 110 degrees, through the winter when it's negative and freezing, yeah. and it's just sitting out there. And and for two reasons: one, to make sure it's waterproof over the the whole time being in the elements, yeah. you know, nonstop, to see how much it fades because it's in the sun yeah. all day every day, right? And to see the you know the what what the cigar is going to be, you yeah. know, in the Bovada pack, to see how long it's going to last. So about I don't know every six or eight months or so, I'll actually like I see it every day. Yeah. You know, and but I'll actually be like, huh, I wonder how that's doing. And then I'll go open it up, right? The bovo to pack's still good. And the, I'll, I'll, I don't have like a meter or yeah. anything. I check the cigar, but I'll give it a little squeeze. You know yeah. what I mean? To see how, how tender that cigar is. Yeah. And it feels just fine. Nice. You know, um, so one of these days I'm going to bring the, the um, cigar humidification tool thing um, and check the humidity on it. Yeah. And then I don't know how long I want to wait before I smoke it. Like I might wait until like towards the summer, beginning yeah. of the summer. And but you wait till it's up. like seventy degrees for a week, and that way, right? <laughs> and then it's, it's back acclimated to the temperature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll have to bring it in and set it next to a new one. To Can see you imagine that? It's like the end of the world, right? And we're like, you're going, you just you randomly find this pelican case and it's full of fucking cigars and they're all great yet like and you're 20 like, years yes <laughs> 20 years after world war the boba pack still yeah. a little left you're in like, it. Oh. <laughs> like, what's that movie um where the guy's walking through the desert and he's got like the last copy of the bible uh but it's in braille oh what the hell's the name of that movie um I feel like it'd be like that. Like everybody's fighting for that Bible, uh -huh. but it's us with one cigar case. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, given the right set of circumstances, I would kill somebody for that. Yeah. Like the world ended. Yeah. yeah. Game on. Yeah. Yeah. You got it's <laughs> book of Eli, the book of Eli. Yep. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Except it's the, the Pelican case of cigars. <laughs> How great would that be? That'd be a good movie. It'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so the what the last uh thing that i want to talk about today on the show is uh so we get a message from um uh, one of our customers um sergeant brown lee and he's with the 718th engineer company and they're currently deployed downrange um the 718th engineer company is that same company that the three soldiers um who got killed uh by a drone strike uh, a couple weeks ago, and so uh, if you're if you're watching instead of just listening, uh, Justin just pulled it up on the screen. Um, so they teamed up uh, the the unit teamed up with Nine Line Apparel, and they did a limited run of shirts. One hundred percent of the proceeds go to the families of the three fallen soldiers. Um, they come red, black, men's, women's, youth sizes, uh, all that kind of you know fun stuff. So whatever size, whatever person you want to get it for. Uh, they have them available on the shirts. They have um, the engineer, um, I don't know, logo, crest, whatever you want to call it, the castle on the back. And on the front, it has a unit crest. Um, and then on the back of the shirt in between the towers of the castle, it actually has the date when the attack was. And, uh, and then when the date when the three soldiers um, got killed. Um, so uh, coming from a customer, especially one that's in this unit that that thoroughly enjoys and loves warfighter cigars, um, I felt it was very appropriate for us to, to talk about this for a little bit. Um, 
and put it out there for our, you know all of our listeners as well. Uh, so if you go to NineLineApparel.com um, and they have a, um, a initiatives is I think the tab, uh, and you can find it. Or if you just search for you know um, the uh, Sions E S S A Y O N S uh, shirt, it, it should pull up on there. Uh, but it's under the initiatives tab. Um, on Nine Lines website, and it says that it will not ship out until February twenty third because yeah. and it closes. They don't take any more orders after February nineteenth. Yeah, so, so seven um, seven eighteenth engineers. Yeah, um, we got about well, as the, when we're recording right now. You got eleven days left to get it. And I think when this goes live, this is going live probably Friday, nine, right? Nine days. Yeah, so you got about nine, eight or nine days uh, once this goes live to be able to get some of these you know pre sale shirts. Uh, and like I said, all the proceeds, 100% of the proceeds go to the fam- the, the um, families of the fallen. And, uh, but yeah, um, I know it's not really cigar related, but it kind of is. Well, it's warfighter related. It's warfighter related. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but uh, yeah, so. We'll also uh, drop a link down in the description yeah. of wherever you're listening. So if you want to go support these guys, just scroll down to the description wherever you're, uh, wherever you're listening to this. Yeah, because uh, I think the the three that were killed, I think if I remember right, like two of them were 19 or 20. They were in a National Guard unit. And then the other one was like their E5 or E6. And I think he was a little bit older. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, you know, the, the drone strike from uh, Iran. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, yeah, go support that. Yep. Um, I don't have anything else. You got anything else? I don't. Okay. Uh, another, this is episode two that we didn't drink in. That's true. And I'm just, still working on my coffee. <laughs> it's just me and you. Yeah, it's a little early today. And, uh, yeah, we've had a. A busy couple weeks of that, so yeah, taking the day off. Give my liver a break. So, but yeah, I'm smoking a uh, five five six Garrison Corojo. Oh, me tour. too. I'm smoking one in a six sixty, and then I'm drinking a delicious uh, coffee that I made at home. <laughs> I'm drinking some shit in a can. <laughs> Does it pair well with your cigar? Uh, with strawberry watermelon and Corojo. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's why I haven't drank too much of it. Yep. Yeah. yeah, one of these days we'll go over pairings yeah. and uh and what our favorite stuff is. Well it'll have to be on a on a day when we're ready to go down the line. Oh, one cigar, all I don't the know all the different pairings. I don't know if there's a day that I'm ready to go down that line. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple in there. I yeah, maybe not. But there's quite a few good ones. Can I skip some? Like I don't want to drink the premium olive juice. <laughs> is that what it is? That's it. It's dirty martini mix. There's olive oh. juice in a bottle. Yeah, good, good thing I didn't try that. <laughs> like I want to know how three quarters of that bottle's gone. That's a great. Not me. Who's been drinking this and acting messed up? <laughs> <laughs> The yeah. double black I could skip. The blackened is good. Yeah, Johnny Walker double black. I'm that like, Ranger thanks. Creek 36, uh, that's yeah. pretty good. Jameson Castmates, can't go wrong. Nope. The Powers Irish is that's pretty really good, good, actually. Uh, Devil's River Agave Bourbon. It's sweet, but it is delicious, yeah. I think. I, I am a big fan. Yeah, it has not lasted a, <laughs> it's not lasted a lot very long. And then the Elijah Craig Small Batch. Uh, that's really good, too. I like that. I, I don't know if I've tried that one yet. So, yeah. Anyway, 
Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, that's about it for this episode of Warfighter Tobacco Podcast. Uh, we'll do a little cheers. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening.